0: Yeah, and I had a question for you, Scott, actually, because there was um there was a move the Bruins made earlier today to wave Craig Smith. And so just like maybe spend a little bit of time talking about that, because this it does have to do with the depth. So technically Anton Strawman is still like he's been waived, but he's still kind of in the situation where he could come back and play. They waive they they were they waive Smith. And they, you know, what, what, how much cap space did that open up? And would they now so, like have the ability to get Strawman back in if they needed to? Is there enough speed, cap space for him? Cause he didn't have a big contract.
1: Well, so as of right now, it hasn't freed up anything. Cause obviously Smith cleared waivers. So they can either keep him in Boston or send him down to Providence. Well, they can assign him to Providence. Whether he actually goes there would be another story um but obviously he played monday nights so my yeah. guess my guess is they're going to send him down i don't know i haven't been on twitter because i if i have multiple tabs open uh our streaming service freezes on me but um there so the holiday roster freeze goes into effect at midnight which is pretty much right the time that it is right now as we're recording um and then is so rosters freeze through december 27th uh, yeah so the reason that the bruins do that now is they now have the option to like potentially send smith down during uh like over christmas when there's a break in games and they can accrue some cap space that way where Right now, they're really not accruing too much cap space in season because they used long-term injury reserve for a long period of time, and they are right up against the cap. Um, I think they had like 30-something thousand in cap space as of Sunday when they made the decision to waive Craig Smith. So if you can send him down, it would free up like $1.1 is how much you can bury in Providence, even if it's just a paper transaction. And then you can start you can accrue a little bit more cap space, at least over like this next week. So we'll see. We'll see if they keep him around, you know, through the end of the week or if he gets sent down now or whatever. But um,
0: they have Greer, so like they can send him down. Yeah, just kind of more of a tricky situation with his, you know, how long he's been in the league, what kind of player he is, how. how Yeah, which is
1: why I think it would just be a paper move more than anything where it's like. Okay, like we're sending him down over Christmas, but you know he's not actually going to Providence. He's not going to be playing with the P Bruins. Like he, you know, he's going to be back right after Christmas, type thing. And um, also, unless depth they in
0: Providence right now too, because Riley's still there.
1: Yeah, unless they, you know, work out a trade at some point. Like because I do still think, I do still think they want to free up some cap space on more than just like a one week basis. Um going forward because i think they they're probably going to want to add something before the trade deadline i don't think it'll be anything huge but even if you want to add depth like they're gonna have to free up some cap space so i think they're probably still looking at potential trade options involving both riley and smith uh obviously they haven't found anything yet both have cleared waivers so no one was going to take on their contracts at full price so that sort of tells you what the market is. Like you're going to have to either retain salary or, you know, include a pick or prospect or whatever. Um, So we'll see. I'm sure they're exploring all options, but it does give them a little bit of flexibility now to, you know, you can bounce Smith back and forth if you need to, you can, like I said, bet, like kind of bury him over the holidays and, and accrue a little bit more cap space. Um, But I would expect him to, to whether he stays through the end of the week or not, expect him back like after Christmas.
2: So dating back to dating back to um, the Bruins first game of April last year. And uh, so I think that was like 15 games in April or maybe 12. I think it was 15 and then seven playoff games and his 18 games this year. Let's just, I'll keep it very simple dating back to April of last year. Craig Smith only has, including playoffs, nine points. Overall, that's probably around close to 40 games. So, um, you know, his struggles this year, it's kind of, for me, it's kind of snowballed from last year too. I kind of lump it all together because last year in the playoffs in seven games, he had zero points. The entire month of April last year, before the playoffs, he had five points or not even, I think it whatever it was. So, yeah, I mean, this has been, this has been more of a, more than a Costco sample for Craig Smith. I mean, he, he was obviously a good player for the Bruins for, you know, the first season and a half they had him, but there's no doubt the last 50 games he's been offensively anemic for them. And it sucks because he's a good locker room guy and he works hard, but um, you know, he's still in the, he's still with the Bruins. Obviously I'm just, I'm just saying like, anytime they wave somebody, we have to talk about it because it's potential that somebody takes them. Right. And the Bruins are, okay with that reality if that did happen in fact they probably want that to happen so um, I mean you know, they, they waved
0: Felino in the beginning of the year and I'm sure they're glad now that he cleared waivers
2: yeah a bit of a different situation though yeah well, it was I, I just can...
0: just thinking when you say like okay there was a potential for someone to pick them yeah there was and and just oh, right, thinking right. back on this the, the season that Felino's had just kind of a reminder yeah he was waived early on in the season um and luckily for the Bruins that no one picked him up
2: Fortunately for, for Felino, though, he was able to thrive in the fourth-line role they've asked him to be in and, and take advantage of some power play time and and this and that. But for Craig Smith, he's not a natural fourth-line guy. He's just not. It's not what his skill set's supposed to be. He's supposed to be a, a shot-first mentality finisher. And, you know, he was a, he was a perennial 20-goal guy for, you know, what was it, seven or eight seasons in the NHL. And, you know, I don't know it could be a combination of a lot of things. It could be, you know, he, he, he's a good skater, so it's not like the game's too fast for him, but he's definitely not gaining separation with his speed. So maybe he, maybe the league has caught to him a little bit. In any event, he's been struggling. It sucks to see cause he's a good guy and, and a really good uh, locker room guy. I know he's very popular in the team, very outgoing. Um, so unfortunate situation, but it just it doesn't look like there's a natural fit for him on this team anymore. But for now he's still, he's still around. So. But yeah, uh, something's Be- got to give.
0: Before we wrap up, there's a, a few things we, we need to touch on. Um, we we didn't record after the Columbus game, so there's probably one or two things from that game to to hit. Um, especially the Bergeron 1,000 point ceremony. Um, Scott, you were there. I, I don't. I I wasn't there. A lot of Saturdays, I'm not there. Um, but so. That and Swayman being in net and, and how he played from Columbus are two things we wanted to touch on. Scott, I'll let you start with that.
1: Yeah, I mean, the the Bergeron ceremony was obviously really nice. You know, they had a video featuring the the other three members of the Bruins 1,000-point club, um, Phyllis Pizzito, Johnny Busick, Ray Bork. Johnny Busick was there to present one of the gifts to Bergeron. Don Sweeney gave him the, you know, kind of classic golden stick um, that we've seen other players get for the thousand points. Um, you know, Martian and Craigie obviously is two longest teammates at this point, uh, you know, gave him gifts as well. His family was out there for it. Uh, his kids were on the bench during warm-ups, watching warm-ups. Um, so just a really cool ceremony obviously you know great ovation from the crowd uh they also played a video of the other active 1000 point members uh welcoming welcoming Bergeron to the club which I think they'd play I think they might have played before they had that post on social media or something
0: Mm -hmm. they because yeah yeah, I watched that before they had it like the day after I want to say um so that, um... that was there
1: yeah, fans booed Ovechkin and Crosby, so that was nice. <laughs>
0: that's not that's not nice. They were being nice this time, guys. Just let mm, doesn't them talk. Matter.
1: Doesn't matter. Um and
0: I saw Matt Porter posted a picture from the locker room after the game that, that his kids had gone in there and wrote, Congrats, Dad. Yeah, uh, congratulations, dad, on the little like it's like a giant iPad is probably how kids see it. It's where they like draw up their plays and stuff in the locker room and Oftentimes we do see the kids like Bergeron's kids or Felino's kids and they're just messing around with it, drawing stuff on it, but they wrote on their congratulations, dad.
1: Yeah. And then, you know, so I think i that was nice. Probably the more important takeaway as it relates to like this current Bruins team and moving forward uh, was Swayman's performance because we've talked about this. He, you know, his previous start before that was, a tough one in Arizona. Gave him four goals and 16 shots. Got sat down for the next three games. Allmark made three straight starts. And Swayman was really good on Saturday. Was tested more than you would have expected going in against Columbus. Uh, you know, a really bad team. But as we talked about earlier, the Bruins haven't been playing their best hockey. And when you're not doing that, one one sign that you're not playing your best is you give up thirty whatever shots to the Columbus Blue Jackets, um, and force your goalie to have to make some some pretty good saves, but Swayman did, and he was up to the challenge, and it was a good bounce back for him. And I think, I think it was one that need that was needed because you don't you don't want bad starts to pile up. Like we already saw, one of them led to three straight starts for Olmark, so what would what would a second one in a row have have done now they have a back to back this week so they're probably both starting you know splitting Thursday and Friday starts no matter what but like i said uh, on the last pod like you you're going to have to at some point get to get back to closer to an even split um and not have to ride all mark as much as they have at times so far this season but to do that you have to have some confidence in Jeremy Swayman to play well when he gets in there. And uh, Saturday was a good step towards that. And now, you know, we'll see whether he starts Thursday against Winnipeg or Friday against New Jersey. Either way, it's, it's a good team. So either way, that should be a good test.
2: Yeah. He was off to such a good start. He, you know, he kind of wanted, he want to hit the score sheet. Did, 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 did you guys, did, did, you, did you guys mention that at all earlier in the episode?
1: no, Um, that yeah, that was a. I thought he had it, that was like that was looking pretty good, but and and he said he he really wanted it. He's he's never scored at any level, by the way. No Bruins goalie has ever scored a goal, yeah. Um, so it would have been history
2: in a year that they keep making history, at least in the first as much as they can, in the first two months of the season. So, uh, it just barely missed. It's like it's like when Golden Bombay talks to Charlie. (laughs) <laughs> quarter of an inch, Charlie. Just a quarter of an inch and it would have gone in. Yeah, well, a quarter of an inch the other way would have missed completely. But no, that was uh it, Columbus kind of like gave him all the time in the world too to make that. That was uh if there was ever a time to do it, it would have been that opportunity. Oh, wait, did you see
1: missed. that the the next day um Maine Mariners goalie scored? So Swayman just missed, but Bruins ECHL affiliate uh gets one the, the very next day. And I think it was I think it was the first. Now, obviously, the Maine Mariners have not been around nearly as long as the Boston Bruins, but it was also the first one in uh, Maine Mariners history.
2: Yeah, that would have been something. Talk about orga- organizational depth there and in, 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 the, in between the pipes. Um, Bridget or Scotch? I think, you guys I think it was
1: Francois Broussard, I think, was the one who scored.
2: Oh, yeah. There, so. Big old Francois. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. I know Francois. Um, <laughs> do, do you guys have anything else you wanted to cover before we, we take off?
0: Well, just um, to push it forward just a little bit off of Soyman, Mark's night, like Allmark, we touched on him a little bit earlier, but some of those saves he made in the third period were just ridiculous. Um, He had a glove save. Even Forbert had a save at one point in the, in the third period. So, I mean, you, you just still haven't seen too much of a drop off there was there were times where sometimes the rebounds came out that maybe he could have held on to earlier in the game but in that third period he looked just as good as he has the whole season
2: yeah that, that one save you mentioned was it was a was gorgeous I mean I think I think the game ended with Florida out shooting Boston like 39 to 24 or something like that so um you know it's 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 again it speaks to how strange of a game it was because you're talking about a game where the Bruins are up for nothing and here we are saying well their goalie kind of kept them in it at times um, because start to finish, the Bruins were not the better team. I think there were pockets where they were the better team. Um, but Florida, Florida, let's be honest. They deserved, they probably deserved probably deserve better tonight. And the reason that they didn't get it was because Allmark uh, was Allmark, you know, including even even that first play of the game. Like um, I forget who it was on Florida that went down on a breakaway, but Allmark makes a stop and then Lindholm crashes into Allmark and, And if if Florida – I think they did challenge it, but, like, even if you wanted to stay that puck was across the line, you couldn't see it. I mean, all because all Mark knew, even though Lindholm was crashing into him, like, he had to, like, you know, put his skate blades up against, you know, the ice and stop himself as much as he could from going completely over the line with the puck in his his bread basket. So he he was tested early, and even though the Bruins had a 4-0 lead – And yeah, there was a leaky one, I think, that went on him uh, when Florida had their little comeback in the second period. But yeah, I mean, uh, he looked good and he looked really strong in the third period, like you mentioned.
1: Yeah, we got the classic intent to blow the whistle call. Um, That always makes me, uh, if we have any UMass Lowell fans listening, uh, I'll trigger them right now. That always reminds me of uh, like one of the most controversial hockey East calls and the 2009 hockey's title game, BU went on to win the national title that year, but uh, in the hockey East title game against Lowell, I think BU, I think the final score was one nothing, and like Lowell appeared to tie the game, and it got called back on intent to blow the whistle. Um, yeah, you know, the, I was just looking at uh, just the goaltending in this game, and I really like. I've said before, I really like expected goals. I think they can be a little wonky on just like a one game basis. I think they tell a better story over a bigger sample size. But uh, Spencer Knight Expected Goals Against was two point six oh and he gave up seven. that, that is just brutal <laughs> to be uh plus four point four in expected goals. Um was, wasn't as high as I was thinking. Expected goals against was three point three three and he gave up three, but obviously had some some pretty high quality saves in there
2: yeah i think the bruins had like what, what it was whatever it was seven goals on 22 shots or yeah i mean i because they didn't score in the last shot of the game so whatever they finished with they scored seven before that so yeah I mean, definitely uh you can definitely thank spencer knight for um for the bruins pulling this one out too. i mean the
0: and they not the, uber though
2: uh barkov
0: barkov sorry they, they haven't had Hubert all year. All
1: season, no. no. Yeah. They didn't they have Anton, Anton Lundell either. So down yeah, two were. of their top three centers.
0: Yeah. And yeah. Kachuk, Kachuk didn't really do much of anything tonight.
1: That's, that's good news. For the Surprisingly. Bruins. Yeah. He's yeah. Had a, he's having a great season.
0: Yep.
2: All right, guys. Um, It's getting late. So if you guys are okay to wrap it up, I think we should probably end here. And uh, we can save some of the Winter Classic talk for later in the week. Um, I know they're starting to build that over at Fenway, um, and there's some games to cover before then too. So I think the Bruins play Thursday night against the Jets. I think one of you guys mentioned that earlier. So Winnipeg, I think, is um, do they have the best winning percentage in the West, or they're they're right up there?
1: Yeah, I know so, they did as of like two as of like the weekend, so but it, they, it was close. I don't know if they're they're either still there or like very close.
2: Well, there'll be a test. There'll be a test, and I, I can assure you, if the if the Bruins continue to play the way they've been playing, despite having a couple of wins mixed in there, um, they might get their first regular uh, regulation loss at home handed to them on Thursday. So they better come ready to go. Uh, and and you don't want to be embarrassed on January second and lose, you know, at Fenway to the to the Penguins and, and and throw up a dud like you did at Gillette against the Canadians back in 2016. So you don't want to you don't want to be sliding going into that Winter Classic. You want to be Playing good, strong hockey to put on a good show for everybody. So, um, with that said, thank you guys for listening. We will we will record when Scott um, Thursday I think probably
1: probably Friday night after the the Devils after the back to back.
2: Okay, right, that makes sense.
1: And then people have all all Christmas break to to listen to that episode. Beautiful. All right. Well, thank you guys. We play it at so your family way. gatherings. You know, yeah. everyone, <laughs> everyone gets down for come open presents, throw on the skate pod.
2: Yeah. Get some get the chestnuts roasting on an open fire and play
0: the skate pod in the background.
2: <laughs> but anyway, thank you guys for listening. We will talk to you soon.